Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. So I'm going to put the first one in answered. Um, oops so that you can follow along. Okay, I'm the betrayed wife. We have three kids. We are in, in an in-home separation for the past year because my husband is not in recovery and I don't feel safe to be in the same room as him. My question is regarding my nine-year-old daughter. I can see that this is affecting her badly. She is really anxious and angry. She started self-harming. I got her a therapist and her therapist is saying that I need to be completely honest with her about what's going on. I've already told my daughter that sometimes even adults need a break from each other, that we really love her. This has nothing to do with her, that it's not her fault and whatever's happened between my husband and me, we will always love her and she will be okay. But the therapist says it's not enough and she is still very confused. What do I do? Well, I, um, can you hear me by the way? Can you, am I, I can. coming through? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, um, I don't know you or your doctor or your therapist. So I hesitate in, you know, giving a whole lot of, uh, direction. I can just tell you what my belief is, is that under no circumstances would I ever, ever, ever on this planet tell a nine-year-old about my sexual life or my spouse's sexual life. I just think that's abusive. I don't think any child or even young adult needs to know about their parents' sex life. So I don't know what your therapist means by needs to know more, but I can tell you this. I hope they don't mean, nor would I in any way support them, even if I don't know you, talking to your daughter about affairs or porn or she's nine years old. You know, I, even if she was 15, I wouldn't talk. She's your daughter. She's his daughter. I never want to look at my parents and say, oh, right. They had this affair and then there's this thing. And I don't want to know that they're my parents. So I don't agree with any, any concept of bringing this to a child in any way, except you did perfectly. We're not getting along. Sometimes parents will get along. We're really working on it. Now I will say it's gone on a long time. And in-home separations a year, that's a very long time. You know, I see people in-home separate for a couple of months. Maybe then they separate more fully. Maybe they start move back together. Um, I think you have some questions you need to ask yourself that have nothing to do with this piece of it, which is why are you remaining with someone in a situation that's hurting your daughter where there's a lot of anger and tension in the house and this man that you care about, who I hope cares about his child, is not taking any responsibility or taking any action. Um, you know, I hate when I have to do this, Tammy, and I think I have this right, but sometimes I have to tell spouses, you know, you're going to have to do something whether he does or, do or not. And if it isn't for you, you know, you want to wait it out or you have to do something for your daughter because what I would interpret the therapist as saying or what I would be saying is this long-term separation in the house with the tension and dad's not paying attention and it, it's the whole feeling of it that would make my kid hurt. And so I, I guess my question back to you is what can you do to protect your child? Um, and is what's going on between the two of you, obviously it's not working for your family. You need to change it. So I would be less interested, in fact, not interested in talking to this child about sex and what's going on in my relationship, even in a casual way. Um, but what I would be doing is thinking, how can I protect her or him better from this tension, from this separation, from this situation, we need to move forward in some way. We cannot leave this sitting here any longer with this child watching it. So that's my question back to you is how can you take better care of your daughter um, because she's suffering in this situation and not because she needs to know more. Um, she needs someone to protect her more.
Um, and that's anyway, I don't know the situation, but that's just my take. Tammy, did you have a thought? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think you've done a, an amazing job of like all of the things that you have said. But what I went back to is what Dr. Rob was talking about, too, is I don't feel safe being in the same room as him. So if you are not safe right. in the same room as your husband, you're, but you're living in the same home, you know, those kids are picking up on all of that, you know, and I can imagine coming home from school and feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, you know, the tension has to just right. be eking everywhere. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm too thinking, you know, uh, if he isn't able to step into recovery, isn't willing to step into recovery, then what do you need to do to make this a more permanent thing, you know, so that there is, you know, right. when, when you're home, you're providing a safe environment for your kids, but, but it's that interaction with, you know, and I can only imagine how stressful it is for you. I mean, like to have that right. level of stress for you every single day, you know, with, with him there sounds. I, I do want to agree with one thing that the therapist is saying, which is mm -hmm. one of the greatest, um, challenges for me as an adult uh, relating to my childhood was that there was so much illness going on in my family and no one told me. And I would sit around and say, I think this is really, or should that be how, I mean, I was a little kid and I knew something was wrong and they say, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, we're just having a little of this and that. And it was clearly more serious. And one of my sort of life wishes, which never came true is I wish at some point my folks had come to me as an adult and said, you know, we really didn't do the best job with you and this is what we could have done this is what we didn't do and i think just knowing that because there's always this part like what did i do wrong and you know why don't they love each other and no matter how much you reassure them and so i do think going to her and acknowledging that something is very wrong here and it doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel comfortable to you either that's acknowledging her reality you don't have to tell her details but tell her yes this is uncomfortable yes and i want to go back to what i said earlier which is and i think this can be motivating is Maybe you're not in a place where you want to do anything about this between the two of you. Maybe mm -hmm. you're in a place where you're hoping or you're showing or you're doing therapy, but this isn't about you now. This is about how do you protect your child from a situation that is not tenable for them. And I think when you take yourself out of it and say, I need to really make sure this child is in a more um, nurture or nurturing is not the right word, um, a less tense, less stressful environment, then you can take your own emotions about your relationship out of it and just look at how you can best take care of your child. Um, but I would not, and I would really question therapists who tell a nine-year-old more about details of that stuff. So it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Two years ago, I trickled disclosed to my wife, my acting out behaviors with porn. Along the way, I learned more acting out behaviors while working with my CSAT, but I did not let my wife know. In July of 22, I was going through the formal disclosure process with my CSAT and my wife said that she did not want it, so we stopped. Here we are in December joining a recovery group and part of the intake form was to explain all of my abusive behaviors. I told my wife the remaining items and I crushed her again and broke trust. Now for her safety, she is asking that I live out of the house away from her and the kids while we go through this recovery program. She has filed for divorce again, as she says that she needs a divorce on file in case for her safety while we go through the program as in California, it takes six months. How can I best show up for her after crushing her again? What kind of questions are required can I ask her without minimizing what I have done and not question the actions that need to be taken? Well, my first response is just my gut response, which is leave her alone. Like, leave her alone, you know, let her do what she needs to do for herself. You've already caused damage and then you cause more, even though you knew better. 
um, you know, you don't have to fill out every form and do every single thing that every group says the minute you get there. There is a larger picture, which is what what about my family? How are we doing? Your wife already said no. I don't care if God himself came down and said, tell her she said no. And you need to respect that. So um, I I think that you didn't crush her trust, by the way, by telling her you crushed her trust by everything you told her, which she said she wasn't ready for. So I think you have harmed her. I think that I can understand why she doesn't want you around and why she might be thinking about maybe we can't be together. Um, how can you show up for her? Ask her, what can I do for you? Is there anything you want? For, I'm going to work on my recovery. I'm going to don't argue. Don't try to make it better. Don't tell her, well, gee, this and that. And I didn't really mean it. No apologies, no excuses. No, I'm sorry. No. Well, I didn't know what I was doing or I went through these difficult times or just leave her alone. Wish her well. Anything I can do, let the door be open to her for what she needs from you, and then deal with your feelings about. Because how can I best show up for her uh, when I read the end of this? How can I best show up for her after crushing her again? What kind of questions can I ask her and not questioning the actions? Basically, you're still saying, "How do I make this better?" And it isn't up. To, you've already ruined it. <laughs> you can't make it better. She has to find her own way. And every time you interrupt the process, you make it worse. You can leave a door open for her and say, if you need me, if you're working, you know, if you need me to go to therapy, if you have questions, if stuff we need to work on, I'm right here. Let her do her separation. Let her don't interfere. Let her have her space to do what she needs to do for herself. This is what being out of the doghouse means or in the doghouse. I wrote a book about this called Out of the Doghouse. We teach a course called Out of the Doghouse. It's for men to understand how to negotiate a relationship once they have cheated and profoundly broken trust. I wrote a book about this. We teach about this. I, I By the way, you might consider the Out of the Doghouse course. It's not expensive, but you know, uh, if you want to learn how to help a betrayed partner begin to heal and feel safe with you again, uh, this is not the way to it. So... A couple of things. Leave her alone. Let her have her own safety. And you need to join some groups. You need. I don't know anything about your recovery, but I don't hear. I didn't hear you say. Uh, and I don't know what a recovery group is because I don't know any twelve-step program where you're filling out forms. So this must be some kind of therapy thing. Um, I don't know if your CSAT supports it or they don't. But um, yeah, I just um, I think you need to let her be and let her take care of herself until you're available in any way you can be. Um, but only she asks and then leave her alone because you cannot make this better. And that's what the end of it is saying. Basically, you're saying, how can I make her feel better? How can I make this better? What is the right thing to do? Well, the right thing to do is nothing. Don't do anything. Focus on your recovery. And next time you want to talk to your wife, call your sponsor. And I hope you have one or call a bunch of guys together who are in your 12 step group and say, gee, I feel like telling my wife about this, but this is what happened last time. You know, don't make these decisions on your own. Uh, and I don't tell me anything about going to meetings, sponsor, I, I don't, 12 step. I don't see any of that. I, I just see. And I don't even say that as part of the intake form, it told me to tell her to do that. So I can't even blame it on the recovery group. It It's like, oh, I wrote it down. So I'm going to tell her, you know. So, um, so yeah, I, I just see. I, you know, I, I get this a lot. Oh, I want to feel better. So I'm going to, I'm going to come clean, regardless of the uh, unsafe environment that you've just created for her. So the only other thing I'm going to say is um, she has me living out away from the kids. Do not please um, put the kids in the middle, but show up for the kids, you know, like, like, like it's, in my opinion, it's okay. How can I 
how can I support you with the children? What, what will be useful? You're asking, you're, you're not trying to just be manipulative and ingratiate. It's like, how can you show up in a real way? Cause the kids are stuck in the, like the previous question, you know, where it, you know, it's, it's hard for the kids. So, you know, can you show up in a different way, you know, for the kids? leave your wife alone. I agree with Dr. Rob hundred percent, leave her alone, let her have her support and healing. But, um, but I'm, you know, I'm like, it's, it's, I just get devastated when I see this AI trickle disclosed to her and, you know, and, and so then I, I just kept, and then you did it again. And, you know, and I get, I get it. I'm an addict, you know, um, but man, we have an opportunity to do things better. And um, so um I hope you have stopped the problematic behavior. If you haven't, we have a treatment program. We help guys, you know, not just stop the problematic behavior, but address those underlying issues. And we have support for family, you know, for spouses too. So, um, but I put in the chat, I put the link for the um, work groups. We have out of the doghouse, we have inner child, we've got attachment wounds, we've got sex addiction 101, porn addiction 101. We've got so much, Eddie Caparucci, Troy Love our team, like there's lots of stuff. So please check those out. There's a betrayed partner one that will start again, March 1st. Um, but, uh, there is healing, but you know, you got nothing to give until you get the work done yourself. So. And she doesn't okay. want anything from you. So, but I want to just jump on what Tammy said in terms of your kids and your family, just do your job. You're supposed to show up for something, show up for it, take them somewhere, do something with them, do something with the family, just show up. I mean, and show up on time. And be open to whatever you, you know just be a good spouse and a good dad yeah you, consistently don't have to get why aren't you here yet or you know why did you pick that up or just do your job and go a little extra not as time you said to see how hard i'm working but because that's the right thing to do is to just show up and show someone that you are committed and sincere and you know the right road to be on and then the rest is up to her and no um, how's your mom doing and like i miss you and your mom and i'm so sorry none of that junk either it's like you talk to the kids how's your day how's your homework going what did, how's soccer whatever it is you're you're all about what's in their life not a, for you so okay on to the next one good evening i'm a betrayed wife married 13 years d-day 12 years ago oh wow two years ago i set boundaries and since then my husband has been in and out of sobriety he is going on and off to 12-step meetings and CSAT. He has now been sober for uh, four months. He did 90 and 90, and he has been going to a CSAT every week. He speaks to fellows here and there. He doesn't do any 12-step work, and he doesn't do any other recovery work like le re you know, reading books, listening to helpful Zooms, or anything else that his CSAT recommends, and he doesn't have a sponsor. He needs he said he, he says he needs to find someone he can connect to. I, I don't feel like he is in recovery. You're right. I feel like he is a white knuckling. I am asking for perfection. No, I'm being unreasonable. No, that's my interjection on that. Um, I go to meetings daily, listen to podcasts and do everything my CSAT recommends. I don't feel safe. He stonewalls me and goes into shame and victims mode uh, when I bring up my feelings and my needs. So we are in house separation for the past eight months. Oh, I'm so sorry. Dr. Rob, thoughts? Um, yeah, sorry. I got someone just, uh, I might have heard from that person that we're working with in another country, Tammy. Um, I guess got a text from 6-3. I don't know what that means. Yes. I didn't answer. I, I, um, yeah. But I didn't answer. Uh, oh, it is that person. Um, so, uh, Tammy, I'm sorry. I can't do more for her right now because we're doing this. So I'll have to get back to her later. We're working on something online. It's nothing to do with you guys. Sorry. Um, 
so so what I hear, I mean, when I read this whole thing, I see your finger and it's pointing at him. You know, he's not doing this and he's not doing that. And I don't feel good with this and I don't believe this. And, and you know, I don't think that you've observed that. You know that. You see that. How are you going to take care of you? You know, why is this man still in your home? Why are you in a in-home separation? In-home separation is when you're moving toward healing and both of you are doing as much as you can. If he's not doing the things he needs to do, what is the next step? If the next step of things are going well is to do an in-home connection, what do you, in, in-home, what's the happen to separation? In-home togetherness, if that's what you do, if things are moving forward, do you have a plan for what happens if they don't get better? Because this seems to me like, well, if he did that and he did that and then this and then if he did it, who knows what he's going to do? You didn't know when he was acting out and who knows what he's doing in recovery. But what can you do for you? And if you don't see the things that make you feel safe, how can you feel safer? And does it feel safe for him to be in that house? And by the way, as long as he gets to be in that house, why does he have to do anything? Um, You know, maybe in-home separation doesn't mean anything to him. Maybe for him, it's like, oh, good, I got her off my back. So maybe there needs to be a more... um, What's the word, Tammy? Um, concrete step. This feels a little vague. Um, you know, in-home separation, what do you eat meals together? Do you talk to, I mean, anyway, boundaries, clarity, um, too much wistful thinking, not enough action on your part to push away things you're not comfortable with. That's what comes up for me, Tammy. Yeah, well, and I, he clearly is, um, he's checked a few boxes, you know, he did 90 and 90 going to meetings. I just shared with somebody, um, a, a little bit ago. Um, uh, one of the things I learned early in recovery from the old timers who actually had recovery was the elevator to recovery is broken. Please use the steps. I know lots of people who have sat in meetings, warmed seats for years and guess what? They don't have any real recovery. They're abstinent but they don't have real recovery. So, so when you, um, you said he's been sober for four months. Okay. So that means, but, but I don't hear anything that he, you know, other than he has stopped acting out for four months, you know, he's not really working on doing anything that will help create safety that will bring you closer. You're doing like somebody used an analogy and I, I used this one the other day I, um, and I wish I knew who to um, attribute it to because I can't remember. But what I hear is exactly this. You know, you're showing up. You guys are both in the boat. You're rowing like crazy. And he's sitting there going like, mm. and guess what? You're going in circles. You know, you're in the same circle because you're paddling like crazy and he's not uh. doing anything and you can't do anything with that. It's, you know, so, so when there's an in-home separation or a therapeutic separation, what is the, what are you looking to see in order to, as Dr. Rob said, reunify in a different way or move forward or to separate completely because, you know, he'll keep minimally checking boxes. And here's the really sad thing. The really sad thing. I know how painful this is for you as a betrayed spouse, but the really sad thing is he's not in recovery. He's not got the, Part of recovery, we talk about happy, joyous, and free. We don't have to hold on to that shame and all of that toxic stuff if we don't choose to. But unfortunately, um, he's still in that choice. So I'm sorry. Okay, next question is, um, thank you for these Zooms. They're so helpful to me. My husband is a sex addict and he has been going to 
um, SW for um, most of our marriage. I don't know details. Uh, what is SW? I'm blanking. Uh, oh, sex workers, right? Sex workers yeah. for most of our marriage. Okay. I know. We sorry. know. Like, I know. Who would think of that like, one? Um, I know, but I was like Southwest. I'm going. No, sorry. Okay, so sex workers for most of our marriage. I don't know details. No disclosure yet. He has been sober for five months and is doing some stuff for recovery. Not all that I feel he needs to, but much better than he was. He sees a CSAT once a week and goes to four meetings a week. He is being honest with me. He does check-ins. No sponsor yet. No book work yet. Uh, which, um, whenever we get close, hold hands, hug or kiss. All I can think about is um uh is his penis has been in other women and i can't imagine ever having sex with him again i feel like maybe i'm holding him back i love him very much and i want to be with him but is it fair for me to say i don't know if i will ever be in a place where i can have sex with him again so this is five months that he's been not acting out why don't you start tammy if that's okay and i will follow you yeah. So, so what I hear is he's, he's doing some things, he, you know, it, it, could he do more? Sure. But you are honestly like, this is encouraging. You know, he's going to four meetings a week, you know, he's doing some things right. You know, so as far as like, you don't have to decide, you know, like, am I ever going to have sex with him again? I think you holding healthy boundaries for for you, um, is he asking for permission to hold your hand? Is he asking if it's okay to hug or kiss you? Like that would be important for me because it's, it's you getting to do that. Um, but lots of people, we've recommended this before on other webinars too. start with like sensate focus touch where it's like, okay, I'm okay with you, you know, holding my hand. I'm okay with you massaging my feet. I'm okay with whatever it is that you are okay with. Um, but until you have more clarity and maybe maybe some trauma work for you to you know because that imaging um uh you, it, you know i'm i know how that you can have a body reaction to that so so perhaps some trauma work for you just to you know help you know with that but it's still really early you know and um he still has a ways to go with rebuilding trust and it is your body and so i hope you've gotten an std test for you um, I hate to say that, but I really hope you've gotten an STD test because it is your body and I want you to take care of you. So, Dr. Rob? Well, first of all, this is trauma, right? This is trauma when you start, um, well, there's a word for this, it's called um, intrusive thoughts, which is, you know, they intrude upon you when you don't want them to, like you're being sexual, but then you start thinking, oh, he was with this person, that person, and you leave that and you start thinking about that. And then you just, you know, you're unable to be comfortable. So I think it's too soon. Um, sober five months is not very long. Um, he needs to do much better than he was. Yeah. I mean, he's working and that's great. And he's checking in and that's great, but maybe you're trying to push the um, calendar here because I wouldn't be comfortable necessarily how do I say this? I think when you have trauma, you have to start where you are, meaning maybe the best you can do is hold hands. Maybe the best you can do is take a walk together. Maybe you're not ready to touch each other. You know, maybe you hold hands and then when it gets to a back rub, that's uncomfortable. You start thinking about, so it's kind of like a um, dipping your toe in the water, seeing if you can tolerate that, then trying a little bit more. But at five months, I don't know, Tammy, I don't see... Um, the any couple really being where they might want to be or she might want to be at five months do you have a thought 
Well, I mean, some, I mean, there's lots of, oh, you know, don't have sex for 90 days and then have sex. And some betrayed, honestly, some betrayed partners want that connection. So, so I think it, what Dr. Rob is saying, like honor where you're at and it, and it's okay. And, you know, there's nothing that says, oh, at, you know, a certain day or a month or whatever that, okay, now you have to have sex and, and sex isn't, you know, if sex is about connecting well that's not true sex addicts prove all the time that sex is not about intimacy sex have they it's that was transactional sex that you know he was having so so you know if the if if the purpose is connecting what is going to help you feel connected in a real and meaningful way in the time frame that you can tolerate so dipping your toe going like okay i can tolerate that nope that's too much that's okay and you know what it can be uh, we held hands yesterday and today i'm not in a place where it's okay you know i think really honoring you know where you're at having the conversations about this is like i love you i want to be with you i like i'm struggling with these feelings i'm hopeful that we can navigate through this the more work that you are doing you know, like I see these actions and that's helpful. The more you do that, the closer I want to feel with you, you know, and it, it gives me hope. That's just real conversation, which is really what intimacy is about is being, you know, vulnerable. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.